We're going to start with a favorite verse, one that's so packed full of truth, and that is Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. Don't we want that? Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I tell you, we don't have to worry about anything in our lives because we have the privilege of prayer. You know, there's a remarkable phrase that we're going to look at in verse 6 that we just read, and that is the phrase, in everything by prayer. This is a very simple phrase, but I'm telling you, it is a key to the treasure house of God. God has so much for His children to enjoy in this life. And you say, well, why don't we enjoy it? Why am I not enjoying? Why do not the people of God enjoy all these treasures that God has for them? Well, it's either because they just don't know what belongs to them, or they're just not practicing in everything by prayer. In everything by prayer. That is my title tonight, In Everything by Prayer. Everything by prayer. In fact, I want to make this my life's motto, that everything I do, I pray about. I'm truly seeking that that is what I do. That is who I am, that in everything I pray. It says, I like the the living Bible in in these verses, Philippians 4, 6, in the living. Don't worry about anything, but instead... Pray about everything. Now, that's just about as clear as you can be. Pray about everything. Tell God your needs. Don't forget to thank Him for His answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than any human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. I love that last sentence. I'm going to read it again. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Isn't it wonderful? Because we pray, we believe God hears us, but you know, a lot of times the answer is just we don't see it right away. But God's working and He's doing. And as we pray and we trust in Him, that peace and that rest can come in as we're waiting and we're waiting and we know God is working before we finally see it with our physical eyes. What a wonderful thing. It's wonderful that we can go to God with all that concerns us and know that He can take care of it. In our lives, we need to learn to pray about everything because in this world that we live in, there are two kingdoms that coexist. We have the kingdom of God, which is God's way of living. And we have the kingdom of man, which is man's way of living. The kingdom of man, let's describe that a little bit. You know, we were all born into the kingdom of man. This is what we were born into. This is where, in this kingdom, the kingdom of man, is where man leaves God out of his life. He has a very high opinion of himself and his abilities. He thinks he is wise. He thinks he knows what will make him happy. He thinks for the most part that he knows what's right, he knows what is wrong, and he believes that man is basically basically right and good. But see, the truth is that people are not good by nature, they are bad. It says in in Psalm 51.5, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. See, anybody born in this earth, on this earth, was born underneath Adam's race. And that means we were born sinners. We have a nature to sin. You know, people do some good things. They do, don't they? 
We know some people who aren't saved that do some good things, but there's a basic badness, there's a basic evil in the human race, unless God gets in. That changes everything. You see, man's kingdom, we need to realize, is under the influence of Satan. It tells us in 1 John 5, 19, we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one, and that's Satan. He, the world is, is underneath his sway. But, oh, there's another kingdom, and that is the kingdom of God. See, in the kingdom of God, these are people who have been born again. We have given, made Jesus the Lord of our lives. It says in 1 John 1, 8 that we've been born of God. People who are born again are not just those who have just said a prayer who realize that Jesus is the Lord, but these are people who have truly, you have made him the Lord of your life, that you truly seek to do the Father's will in your life. You choose to obey God. These are ones who are in, live in God's kingdom. So it tells us in Matthew 7, 21, that everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Scary words. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom. This is Jesus speaking here. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. See, as God's children, we seek to do his will. Now, we mess up sometimes, but we're seeking to do it. And he helps us, and he, he, he corrects us when we're wrong, and he brings us back in line. But he loves us so much. But praying is how we know what the will of God is for our lives. Jesus was a prayer. You know, Jesus prayed in the garden, didn't he? That night, he was alone on his knees praying to his father, Oh, Father, if at, all, if at all possible, let this cup pass from me. But he said, Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He prayed. His sweat was like great drops of blood. He prayed earnestly and intently to his Father. And he came out ready to obey. He came out in power, and he, he went all through all the tortures and of Calvary, and he died, he rose again, and he is victorious. He came out victorious. And see, we need to follow his example. We have things that maybe we feel like we're supposed to be doing that God has asked us to do, and we're praying, but we need to pray earnestly. Father, I want your will earnestly like Jesus prayed, so that if we obey that, then we can come out in victory as well. To people who are part of the kingdom of God, they put no confidence in themselves. They put no confidence in their own strength or ability. They don't feel like that they can decide what is right or wrong. Those of us who choose to pray about everything, to live a life of prayer, we have admitted that we can do nothing apart from God. You have to admit that. I can do nothing. That's hard on the pride. <laughs> but I can do nothing apart from God. Jesus said that. That's what he said. John 15, 5, 19, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. But, he, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the, Father, the Son also does in like manner. And then just a few verses later, if you didn't get that first time, he says it again in verse 30. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. 
See, this is why we choose to pray about everything, because in all that we do, we want to do the will of the Father. We want to do his will. Those who seek to live in the kingdom of God seek to do God's will. This is what Jesus did. And how did God seek the will of his Father? He prayed. In fact, Jesus was a praying man. You know, as I read through the Gospels, I'm just overwhelmed with how many times that he prayed. He got along with his Father. He prayed all night, got away from the crowds, and prayed because he needed to know what to do. And we need to know what to do. So when we don't know, when we realize that we can do nothing apart from God, what do we do? We pray. We pray about everything. We seek to follow God's voice in all that we do. Jesus said in John 6, 38, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Let that be a prayer of ours. Let that be one of your prayers. Lord, I, want to, I don't want to do my will I want to do your will. Help me, Father, today to do your will in everything I do. Choose that lifestyle of praying about everything. Choose that lifestyle. Let's give you an example. Going through life, you're offended. Now, everybody gets offended. No one is exempt. Everybody is offended in one way or another. What are you going to do? What we want to do as spiritual people, we want to go to prayer and ask the Father, Father, what should I do? I mean, you have been treated wrong. There's no reason why this should have happened to you. It's wrong. I mean, wrong is wrong is wrong can be wrong. It's wrong. So we go to the Father, we pray. What does he tell us to do? Forgive them. And then pray for them. Now you have a choice. What are you going to do? We choose to forgive, we choose to pray, we put that in God's hands, and we trust God. See, He is the one who takes care of it. We do our part, God will do His. Revenge is not for you. That's God's part. It's His, I, it's his part. If he, if he sees, he's gonna, he, he will take care of them. If they don't repent, if they don't repent, God will take care of things for you. You don't have to worry about it. Your part is to forgive and to pray. For me, the Lord spoke to me. You know, if I want to seek the Father's will and obey Him, so I'm seeking the Father's will, I want to obey Him, and I'm praying, and I felt like you need to speak Wednesday night. I thought, Lord, Wednesday? i got a lot to do this week. My grandson's going to be over here. He takes up all of my time. I can't think and study and everything. But, you know, I just I couldn't get away from it. This Wednesday night, I've got a lot of other things going on. So I said, um, so I, I said, okay, Lord. So I, I went over and committed to my husband. I think I'm supposed to speak Wednesday night. And then, but you know what happened? Through all this, it was just amazing how that God brought this message together when normally there's no way I could have. But he brought it together. I had to choose to obey and do the best I could. And he just, he brought it together. Thank you, God. He's so good. I tell you, if you truly believe, you will obey. See, I had to choose to believe. See, I have to, when I, God asked me to do something, I, be, I tell you what, I believe in Jesus, and I believe he's going to enable me to do what he asked me to do. And that's what we need to do. If God asks you to do something, forgive that offense, then you're just going to believe what it says. I'm going to do it, and he's going to give me the ability to be able to forgive. 
But you know, it's real easy to fall into the trap of following worldly principles to try to achieve heavenly results, to actually forget to pray and instead just follow, you know, what would, comes natural in this world. You know, worldly principles do work to some degree, but I'm telling you, God's way is better. It says, tells us in Isaiah 55, beginning with verse 8, and this, these are some of my absolute favorite verses in the Bible. The, the Father is, is telling us, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's way is just better. You know, man thinks he is just so smart, but our minds are so finite and limited. But God's is infinite and unlimited. He knows everything, and we know so little bitty. God's way is better. So I want you to see, I'm going to mention a few things here, but see if you can locate yourself. See if you find yourself following these world, or believing these worldly principles. Now, God says in everything by prayer. The world says in everything by money. You know, because if they, they believe that if you have enough money, you can do anything. Money talks, money opens doors, and that's true to some degree. It does do those things, but God's way is better. Think about it. Jesus didn't have a lot of money, and look what he did. He impacted all of eternity, changed absolutely everything. He didn't need all that money. You know, the billionaires, you may have billions of, of dollars and have zero impact on the world, on eternity. It doesn't require money. But we know in a Christian's life, no, we, we need money. We've got to pay rent and do some things. And God does use money. He else asks us to tithe and tithe. And as we do that, he blesses us. But because money, it's not evil. It says in 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money, it's the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You see, it's loving money and looking to money as your source that will cause trouble in your life. God uses money, but only as we do everything by prayer and spend it as he leads us and as he guides us. I tell you, if you have money without prayer, you have a curse on your life. There's probably not a person in the room, including me, who has not fallen into the trap of thinking, if I just had a little bit more money, just a little bit more. I remember back when I was teaching elementary music um, in Whitesboro for several years, but one of those years, um, the high school principal asked if I would come over. I would still be doing elementary music, but if I'd also come over and help, just help with the high school choir. You know, I get all this more money. Sounded good. Problem is, I didn't pray. I just went by. It sounded good. I'm gonna get that extra money. I tell you, if only I had prayed, because that was the not the right thing to do. It tells us in Matthew six thirty three. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I forgot. To, to seek first the kingdom of God. I forgot to seek first, God. what God do you want me to do? What do you want me to do in this situation? You know, so many times we think we know what we need, but God knows what is best. God knew that I did not need to take that job. He knew that. 
But you know, he was so gracious and he helped me get through it anyway. But in the kingdom of God, you know, we're supposed to remember, we're supposed to put him first, first, first in our thoughts, first in our words, first in our actions, first in our time, first in our money, first in everything. When we put him first, it puts us in a place of blessing. So see that semester I was doing that high school choir, I was not in a place of blessing. Even he helped me through it, but man, peace was not, it was gone a lot of the time and stress and trouble and problems and everything. I missed, missed, why? I didn't pray. I didn't put that first. So the world says in everything by money. It also says in everything by social prestige. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Have you ever thought that you were just born, if you were just born in another family, things would be better. Or if you were just a part of a different social class. Or if you were just popular, that life would be so much better. I tell you, let me tell you the truth. When you know the sovereign king of the universe and are part of his family, that's all you need to fulfill the call of God and his purpose in our lives. Because Psalms 121.2 tells me, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You can't have better help than God. So when you're part of his kingdom, it doesn't matter, you know, who you know. You know the, the only one that's important to know. We need to pray and allow him to direct and guide our lives. God's way is better. His way is better. What you know, it's not social prestige. You don't need that. I remember back when I was looking for a job, a teaching job, and I'd applied to 11 different school districts, and five, you know, it's getting close for school to start. I, find, I get a call from Collinsville Elementary. So I go to, from, the, from the principal. I go down there, we interview, and it was the most marvelous, and it was, it was great. And I came back home, I told my husband, I, I bet I get that job. He, I could tell he really liked me and, and everything. And so, but you know, a week passes, two weeks passed, nothing. The first day of school starts, I take my kids to school, I come home, and I think, well, too late for this year. There's no way I'm going to get a teaching job now. School has already started. I no longer thought those thoughts. Then I get another call from the principal at Whitesboro Elementary. And she asked me to come in. If, can you come in today? And I said, oh, sure. And so later on that night, I went in, interviewed. She hired me. Back home by 3 o'clock, I've got a job. But what I found out was the high school principal in Whitesboro called the principal in Collinsville. And she said, I, need a, I don't have a music teacher. School started. Do you have anybody? And that man said, the one from Collinsville, he said, well, the one, my first choice, the one I wanted to hire, I wasn't able to because another lady was interviewing and, she, and some, she knew somebody who knew somebody and I was forced to hire her instead of the one that I wanted. And that was me. You see, God worked through it. I knew God. He was working it all out, and he knew that's exactly where I needed to be. So it's not social prestige. We have God. We have the best, best, best one to know there is. God says in everything by prayer, but the world says in everything by education. Now, education is good. If you can get an education, you need to learn. You need to learn some things. It's good, but it can't take the place of being led by the Holy Spirit. You know, King David, he was a mighty warrior king. He knew how to fight. In fact, he was an educated fight, fighter. He was. He knew how to fight. He was a great leader. But you know, David was only victorious because he was a praying king. He prayed and got directions from his father on what to do 
every time before he went into battle, and he was victorious. So whatever you think you know, there's always more you don't know. God knows everything, and his plan works every time. Our part is to pray, hear from God, and obey. So in everything by prayer, pray about everything. But I tell you what, you cannot delegate your prayer. There's some things you can delegate, but no no one else can do your praying for you. Now, others can pray with you and for you, but you must pray too. People want to delegate their prayer life, and then and so and they say, so you do praying, and I'll go do this practical stuff over here, but it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Whatever we do, we want to do it with God, and prayer is how we ask God to be a part of all we're doing. Prayer is depending on God. Guys, I tell you, whatever we accomplish without God is a pitfall to pride. If, you're, if you do something and you, do a, and you get all, all this recognition and everything, you hadn't been praying, pride. Pride will rise up, and pride is an insidious, awful sin. So pride will destroy. It brings so much destruction in our lives, just, and we don't even realize it's, it's happening, and it does that. We don't want to be prideful. We need to always rely upon God. Prayer is what gives power to what you do. All good things you do must be set up by prayer because the true success of every Christian life is prayer. You can easily deceive yourselves, but, you know, if you're going to achieve spiritual maturity, if you want the power of God working in your life or live a holy life, these things are paralleled with our prayer life. You see, the more you pray, the more spiritually mature you'll become. The more you pray, the more you'll have the power of God working in your life. The more you pray, the more you'll be living a holy life and living the way that you are supposed to live. I tell you, the areas you struggle with the most is which you need to pray about the most. Anything you seek to do for God, you must be a praying person. I want to use an example of our worship team. Our worship team is a praying team. Our worship team, before ever we come an hour before every service, we begin our practice one hour before the service. We do our playing part. And then we stop at a designated time, whether we're finishing practicing or not, and we pray. You say, well, why don't you pray first? Because sometimes people can run late, and the most important part is the prayer. So if they're going to miss anything, they'll miss some of the practice, but they're not going to miss the prayer. Because that is the most important part. And so we pray. We pray. And God blesses it. And you know, I have a strong desire in my heart, a very strong desire to be a witness to my street, my neighbors on my street. I'll walk up and down my street as an exercise. And anyway, up and down, up and down I go. And in doing that for so long, you know, I've kind of met some of the neighbors and they, they recognize me. And, um, but I pray for them. I go by their houses and I pray for them because I want to be a witness for them. That's just not going to happen if I don't pray. So I'm praying and I'm believing for, for opportunities to be a witness and to be bold and say what I need to to my neighbors when that happens. But see, that nothing will happen if I don't pray. You have to pray if you want to be successful. If you want to raise godly children, if you have kids, yes, you want to raise godly. Pray, pray, pray. Pray to be an example. Pray every morning over your children. You'll say the right thing and, be the, and do what you're supposed to do that day. You'll be able to say what you're supposed to say that day to help raise godly children. You want to excel at your job? Pray, pray, pray. Pray to be an example for, for the Lord in your job. Pray to do a good job, the best job you possibly can. Pray. We must pray. Because if you're not a praying person, I'll tell you, you're not a spiritual per- person. You're not. And here's this really important. If you haven't prayed, you should not make decisions. 
Don't make this, I gave you the example of me not praying. Mm, that was bad. But you know, don't, and don't be forced to make a quick decision. You know, when I very first was, was diagnosed with cancer, the doctors wanted me to quick, they wanted me to have surgery and start this treatment. They had all this, they wanted to do it right away. You need to get started right now. But in my heart, I thought, no, I can't not, no. I've got to pray. And I had, I had a peace. For six weeks, I prayed and studied. I mean, I dug in. I prayed and I studied and I prayed and I prayed and I studied and I studied to, to hear God's voice, to know what, how he wanted me to, to, what steps he wanted me to take. See, I didn't want to be forced. I mean, there was real pressure. When we got one letter, one, one doctor told me, you're going to die if you don't do what they say you're going to do. You know, there was, pressure was really strong. <laughs> but I thought, no, I'm not going to be by fear. I'm going to hear from God, and I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Of course, thank you, God. God is good. He's been with me all these years, and he is wonderful. But God, will, God led me to do that. God will lead you what you need to do. So don't be forced to make this. Is mine was about my health. Yours might be about buying a car. Oh, man, don't be forced to buy a car. It'd be terrible or whatever or any kind of decision. Wait until you've prayed. Everything we do must be done by prayer. If I'm not a praying person, what I do will not do much good. It says in John 15, 5, Jesus said, He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. See, if you abide, how do you abide in the, through prayer? We abide in him, we abide in him, we pray, we're talking to him, and he talks back to us. We read his word, we're abiding in him. We bear much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Can't get any plainer of that. Without the Lord, we can do nothing. Talk about nothing that is truly significant, that has lasting eternal value. To be rich and fruitful God and God-filled, we must accept the Holy Spirit's direction to pray about everything. So, I have some good news for you. Prayer requires no special skill. Anybody can pray at any time. Now, we can learn to pray more effectively, but we can start right now. You can pray anytime. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. This is constantly having your mind on the Lord. We need to learn to include the Lord in everything that we do and talk to Him throughout the day so that whatever you're doing, you just you're, He's on your mind and you're talking to Him through it. Anytime you're thinking, you could be praying. So if I'm thinking, I can be praying. You can think your prayers. I mean, it's best to speak them out, but you can't always where you're at. But you can think prayers to the Lord. The prayers of thinking like, God, help me keep my mouth shut. <laughs> God, help me to be kind to this ugly person, to being so ugly to me. You know, there's things you can, you, but you can pray that in your mind, and it will affect your behavior and your actions. How foolish to go throughout the day and just forget the Lord. You know, when we do this, we just end up going our way instead of God's. You know, we all have hopes and dreams. We want to have a good life and be happy. We want to be healthy. We want our loved ones to be safe and serving God. We want to fulfill the purpose of God in our lives. We want to go to heaven and have eternal life with our Father. We look forward to those things. But all of those and many other blessings from God, they hinge on whether or not you're willing to do things God's way. We do everything by prayer because that's how we know his will and his way. I found a great definition for sin. It's found in Isaiah 53, 6. We all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. 
How does this happen to a, a Christian who loves the Lord and is meaning to, and wants to serve him? It, that happens when we just prayerlessly go our way. People just choose their own way because they just forget to pray. But in everything, we need to stop doing that. We need to stop forgetting to pray. We need to, in everything by prayer, this is where we, because this is where we find the wisdom of God. So many decisions we make all day long, big and small. This is where we decide whether we're not going to obey, obey God's voice or not. See, here's an example. God has given me a direction to obey him in this. He says, do not hurry when you drive. Do not hurry when you drive. I tell you, it is really easy to make excuses and hurry anyway. But you know, when I do that, I'm being obedient and, not, and I'm not trusting in God's way. It says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. So I'm applying this to Carmen. Do not hurry when you drive. Okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you with all my heart. And I'm not going to lean on my understanding where I'm thinking, oh, but I've got to hurry because I'm going to be late. Or, you know, I'm going to miss that light. Or, you know, something like that. In all your ways, acknowledge him. So as I'm driving, I'm acknowledging you that I'm going to relax and I'm not going to hurry. And he shall direct your path. And he'll make you get where you need to when you need to be there. Now, if I have been foolish and I'm really late leaving, I'm not to make it up on the drive there. Because if I had been, I was foolish. I wasn't previously listening to God and following, then I wouldn't have left late. Anyway, more there. But, um, but if I really trust that God knows what's best for me, then I won't hurry when I drive. No matter what excuse I can come up with, I am to obey and leave the consequences to God. I tell you what, obedience comes down to trust. Do I trust that God knows best or not? My actions will show it. When you've prayed and you've heard from God, the next step is obedience. So I want to ask you, what areas are you having trouble completely obeying God? Well, I'm challenging you not pray about it. And whatever you struggle about with, God has a way and man has a way. But we're going to find God's way by prayer. And that's what we want to do. Oh, how the devil will fight us, but don't let him win. So I'm going to read it again, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing. Worry about stuff. But in everything by prayer, pray about everything in supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and that peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See, when we pray, truly, really pray, peace can come. The opportunity for God to pour peace into you. Despite this, peace can be there. It doesn't matter if you can't see any changes in your circumstances or not yet. Peace comes because we know the one to whom we are praying for. His way is the way of peace. So I want to end with a question. With the goodness of God to desire our highest welfare, the wisdom of God to plan it, and the power of God to achieve it, what do we lack? Think about that. God's good. He's so good. He wants your best. He has the wisdom to plan it out, and He has the power to bring it about. What do we lack? I'm telling you, the only thing here that we lack is prayer. Amen.